Warning! This podcast contains hot takes, cliched opinions, and strong language. Heaven kicked you out, you wouldn't wear a tie. But don't worry, don't panic, there's no dress code on the Records and Band podcast as we discuss the 1994 album from Therapy, Trouble Gum. As usual, Sam is joining us. Hello. How you doing? You all right? Yeah, I'm not too bad. This has been on the cards for a little while. Yes, it has. Um, we had the, the dirty Rona in the ice, so we had uh, to cancel a couple, didn't we? I can't remember when we were originally going to do this. It was a good few weeks ago, wasn't yeah. it? But yeah, so I've got loads of notes. I've got loads to say on this. And hopefully you've been having a listen. Has it taken you back? or? Yeah, it, it's really odd because I don't really listen to stuff like this that much anymore. And it's probably and it's been a while since I've um, listened to this particular album. Started to listen to it when we first discussed um, getting this together for the pod. But I'll, I'll be honest. Yeah. Like, so, so you've listened to it especially to do the podcast. Yeah. yeah, I reckon this is one of those albums that, like, are probably in, like my top five most listened to. It's not. It's, right. like, it's in your rotation. Yeah. Oh, like. yeah. Heavily. Like. I, so I, it, I didn't really need to listen to it much. I reckon I've listened. Yeah. I reckon I've listened to it every month. Nice for a long, long time. It's one of those it go-to a... ones, like Out Come the Wolves. Yeah. The thing with Trouble Gun is obviously like I, I clearly, I like I wasn't into it when it came out. I was a couple of years behind on it, yeah. and I'll get into that in a bit. But this definitely feels like one of those um, where the age difference is quite yeah there between us because i reckon this is definitely one of the bands and one of the albums that you got from knocking or from being around when me and rich were yeah, listening to it absolutely. At home rather than finding yeah. it yourself this is very much i was listening to it and these therapy were one of the bands that like when the sort of the older kids at school who were starting to discover proper music were like oh yeah i like these and i was like yeah well fuck you i've been listening to them for years mm. sort of thing you know what i mean when I was sort of like 12 and knew what like new therapy were and knew like other bands like that were and other people thought they were really cool and ahead of the curve. And I was like, sort of like, no, fuck you, man. It didn't happen very often. By the time you were 12, like I was probably, it's not that I went away from them. I just didn't keep up. Yeah. Yeah. So after semi-detached, there was suicide pact you first. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Which was, I think is a really good album, but it's really quite different. And then High Anxiety after that, and that's where I kind of, not dipped out, but just didn't keep up. You sort of get to a point, don't you, with some bands, where like you've almost got enough. I know our Rich carried on with him. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and I have enjoyed recently going back and filling in those gaps. Yeah. So... Uh, Semi Detached is a really good record. As I well, think it's it? really I was... good. I struggle to find it, like mm. on iTunes, really? and, that. and and like the first. Well, we'll come to this. The first two records I can't find on, like the first two mini albums. You know the indie releases. Oh yes, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I struggle to find them. I can find them on. They're on like the YouTube channel, Therapy's own YouTube channel. Uh, okay, yeah. So we'll come to that anyway. So. Yeah. Do you want a little history lesson? Should we give a yes, little? Should we on. give a little history lesson to those who either don't know Therapy or if this is the only album they know? Um, because interestingly, I think they're a very, very big band in our lives and our family. 
I don't know how well known they are sort of outside of it, if you know what I mean. Yeah, yeah, they're one of them, aren't they? But again, those, like as we'll go through, hopefully some of it will come come out in this. Like, there's lots of stuff that seemed to happen just to just as they were about to turn into mm. almost megastardom, if or not megastardom, but you know, and the manic, yeah. you know, and the manics blew up, yeah. like with everything must go. That yeah, never yeah. feels like therapy. We're always on the cusp of that. Mm. Yeah, and I'll be honest, I'm quite glad they never did. <laughs> Yeah, I know what you mean. Yeah. Um, so, Therapy were formed in County Antrim, Northern Ireland, in 1989. Uh, Andy Kens, and he's guitar player, lead vocalist, mm-hmm. um, and Fife Ewan, the drummer, met at a local gig, um, and they were into the same sort of music and stuff, so got chatting, decided to form a band. So, Fife was friends with Michael McKeegan, who they brought in as, as a bass player, but Andy was already playing the bass, so he moved over to guitar. Right, yeah, yeah. Which kind of seems like a good idea now, mm-hmm. with hindsight. Yeah. And then they were just generally playing around locally. Apparently their first gig was at Belfast Arts College. And then things started to move a bit for them in about 1990 with their first single, Meat Abstract, which got some... Uh, yeah, Basically played by uh, John Peel. Ah, uh, right, so yeah, yeah. One of those John Peel bands. There is um, a BBC Sessions album, isn't there? Yes, there is, yeah. Which I think yeah. it's got quite a lot of early stuff on it. Mm. So that I think that's definitely never one to check out. Their first big tour, if you like, was with the Beyond and then um which is quite interesting because later on when Five Ewan leaves the band, the drummer from the Beyond joins Therapy. Fact check, that was right. Drummer and founding member of the Beyond, Neil Cooper, joined Therapy in two thousand and two. They literally just seem to tour all the time. So they, yeah. like, they played. They played that, that time. They played with Fugazi and Tad and the Inspiral Carpet. Oh uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. At the end of 1990, uh, they go into the studio and record their first album, Baby Teeth, which is then released the following mm-hmm. summer. Which they support with constant touring, including opening for Babes in Toyland. So that's got tracks on it like uh, Meat Abstract, Dancing with Manson, Punishment Kiss. Mm-hmm. Dancing with Manson's a great song. Yeah, yeah. I really like that one. Once again, they finished this year in the studio making Pleasure Death, which was released in 92, and it was like that went to number one in the indie charts. Right. So okay. for me, the standout tracks on Pleasure Death would be Shit Kicker and Potato Junkie. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. I'm bitter. I'm twisted. James Joyce is fucking my sister. Yeah. <laughs> Um, again, in it, from all the research I've done, just constant touring, just hard work, you know. Trying to hate life. So more touring. They signed with A&M, which I think mm-hmm. was off the back of um, supporting Hole on a UK tour. Uh, yes, yeah. So they came over um, and they go straight into the studio and record, uh, to record Nurse, which goes top 40. The big single yeah. on Nurse being... Oh, teeth grinder. Teeth grinder. I'm... Yeah, yeah, I got the vinyl of that. Actually. Have you? Cool. Yeah. That's yeah. A... that was. I'll come to it later, but I that kind of scared me a bit. That track. It, <laughs> yeah. It's, it's there's quite a lot going on on that, but mm. uh, teeth grinder bro- uh, broke the top thirty. Other notable tracks on Nurse, probably Perversionality. Mm, yeah. Accel- ex- the name. Accelerator and nausea. 
Um, they spent most of 93 on the road. Scream Major, they released as a single. Like, before the album. Yeah. Before I know it's on Trouble Gun, but... So, Scream Major is released as a single. Gets them on top of the pops. Goes top 10. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, they get on the cover of Kerrang! for the first time. See, again, at that time, I remember them being on Kerrang! all the time. Like, yeah. either on the cover or inside. And whether it's just... Maybe it was always... You know, they because they were touring so much, they were always in the gig review section. Yes, yeah, or, yeah, yeah, yeah. Always just, just yeah, busy. Um, mm. But again, I wasn't really listening to them then. So yeah, they get on the cover of Crank for the first time. Keep touring UK, keep touring Europe. Opal Mantra comes out, and then there's a Face the Strange EP, and then they go off to America to support the Jesus Lizard and Helmet. Do you know? Oh, Hel- right, do you know yeah. Helmet? Yeah, I know of them. Yeah. So, um, again, quite interesting because um, Paige Hamilton actually plays a guitar solo on one of the tracks. on the uh, right, yeah, yeah. And it's nice. one of them, I was, I was actually, um, when I was making some notes, I was like, there's this guitar solo on one, one of the tracks, it's just mental and it just doesn't mm. seem to fit with anything and it just seems to go and then stop. And then that happens to be the one that Paige Hamilton did. Ah. Uh, so, yeah, so after that tour, they go back into the studio to make another full-length record and they, again, find some more time to go out touring. Mm-hmm. 1994 is a massive year for them uh, Nowhere comes out as a single and they follow that up with the album we're here for Trouble Gun yeah. it's commercial and critical success and it opens up even more touring opportunities for them so they go off to America and they play uh, play with Henry Rollins they played at uh, Monsters of Rock at Donington and they went on above Slayer and above, really? and from what I I've listened to some podcasts with Andy Cairns and like Slayer were proper pissed off about it yeah, to the point that though. like a few years later when they're they're playing on the same bill again Kerry King still hasn't forgiven him really like it's, like, it's still like proper shitty with him like they're a lot in they Slayer I think it's because they <laughs> turned up to play Monsters of Rock and they cut their hair like Andy Cairns had cut his hair short Oh right, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, if if you look on some of the early videos and stuff, he's got like real curly hair right all the way down his mm. back, proper yeah, metal yeah, yeah. head. And then obviously on this album, it's all cut short. I think he looks cool as like. <laughs> I remember there was a there was um, a thing in, in Kerrang, probably around ninety seven, ninety eight, and it was like the most influential bands of all time. And like Therapy were like number forty something. Mm. And it's like, what did they influence? And I thought it was really lazy, to be honest, but it's quite funny. They said, oh, they influenced wearing black and hating your parents. <laughs> <laughs> Which I'd like, it just seemed really lazy. But, yeah, you know, it just showed that they had to be in like this somewhere, I suppose. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, so they play Monsters of Rocket, Donington, Pissed Off Slayer. Um, and then on YouTube, there's this really, really cool set they played at Reading that year. Yeah, oh, right, yeah, yeah. So I'm going to put a link to that because it's, it's worth sitting down and watching. Mm. The full set's on YouTube. Oh, nice, and, yeah, yeah. That's cool. really cool. I'll, I'll send you a link for that. Trouble Gum goes top five in the album charts, which is pretty good, really, when you consider <laughs> yeah, yeah. 1994 in the UK. Yeah, um, yeah. It wins Best Album at the Kerrang! Awards, and it was nominated for the Mercury Music Prize. Well, I've just been looking at that, actually. Um, I've, I've sort of had a little bit of a look around. And surprised me that it was nominated, again, like you said, in that year. And, like, there's some massive albums on that list. What, of the, of the Mercury Prize? Yeah, and I love or hate the Mercury. So there's a few that I don't recognise. So Ian McNabb, Shara Nelson, 
I don't know. But then you've got a Michael Nyam, Nyman. I don't know him either. Then also, then you've got, well, you've got Trouble Gun, but also nominated that year. You've got Paul Weller with Wildwood. Take right. that. Everything changes. Fucking hell. Um, the Prodigy, music from the Jilted Generation. Good record. Mm-hmm. Good record. And then possibly two of the biggest albums of that era, Pomp His and Hers, All and right. Park Life. Park Life is on there. Yeah. So bearing in mind all those albums I've just listed, yeah. won it that year. So, so, so ninety four was it? Was it? No, we wouldn't have been lived through this by Hole. No, 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 no near no. it. Oh, not even close. No, no. go on. It I'll edit that out. <laughs> <laughs> if I were to say to you, elegant slumming, would that mean anything to you? It's M people, elegant slumming, oh, on the Mercury Walk. Like moving on up on it and all that. Terrible band. Terrible. They are up there with Lighthouse Family. Lighthouse Family got a couple of tunes, to be fair. (laughs) For the tape, I did just pull a face. (laughs) Lightning Seeds. They're another one of them, aren't they? Yeah. Yeah. It always makes me funny. I think I've said on on here before, like, you know, we where like 1990 early 90s there's so much good music about whether you're into the guitar, like guitar based mm. rock or like the more dank stuff like the prodigy and someone's favorite band is the light lighthouse family or the lightning seeds like, yeah like i just well yeah I, I, I don't know what to say really i was gonna say i guess you have to be there but you kind of were <laughs> I don't know, but then also there's, I mean, there's lots of shit bands around then. There was, yeah. I mean, well, no, yeah. not even shit bands. There was just lots of bands then. Mm. They see, like, they don't seem to be many bands anymore. But then well, maybe I'm just not in. Yeah, here. yeah, I know what you mean. That might be because we sort of listen to the same ten bands, but um, just that of interest, you know, the inaugural winners of the Mercury Award were what the first one ever. What was yeah. the year? What year was it? Two. 1992. Would it be... Oh, it's probably got to be something like Curtis Steyer's or something like that. It's uh, Primal Scream Screaming. Oh, was it? Oh, right. That's a good record as well, mate. That is a good record, to be fair, yeah. Um, But yes, anyway, we digress. That was the history lesson. So if anyone doesn't know what we're going on about, we should probably pause this podcast and go and listen to Trouble Gum. That's probably a solid piece of advice, to be fair. Yeah. And then don't bother coming back to us because, you know, that's all you need is to listen to it. Um, I think we're clearly off the fence of how we feel about it. Oh, absolutely. So, it's one of the one of the greats, isn't it? So I'll just go through a little bit of me in therapy. I reckon I would have heard them around this time, like when Trouble Gun was first released. Yeah. Definitely not before. Although no. I, might, I might have heard Teeth Grinder. But it would have been one of those things that, like, like we keep saying, Leon would have got it off of MTV. Yeah, yes, it would have yeah, been yeah. on one of those mixtapes that it, it would have been knocking about. There's no yeah. way that there's no way that nowhere or Screen Major weren't they on were a tape somewhere. A, yeah, or like a Kerrang CD. Do you know these CDs on magazines? I got. I, I was getting cassettes then off front of magazines. Oh, fair play. Fair I'm play. Old. But yeah, I don't think I would have took too much notice of it at the time mm, because yeah. like 
I was definitely like I was still into Iron Maiden, and I was getting really into like the grunge stuff, the American, yeah. which Therapy kind of got lumped into, mm. despite not sounding anything like it. <laughs> and but yeah. also they don't sound. We'll come to this later. I don't think they sound. They don't. Can you think of another band that sounds like Therapy? No, I see. I see where you're coming from with that. Yeah, like, when we you were talking to Adam, weren't you, a while ago, and mm. you were like. We're trying to say, oh, this and therapy, they're a bit like, uh, like you, you, yeah. you, you can put them in with Terrorvision and the Wild Hearts and the Manics because they're all knocking around at the same time, yeah. but they don't sound like them. No, no, they probably sound a little more like, more metally sound, I suppose, in some ways. Yeah. Like the, the guitar parts and stuff, certainly. The drums are mental. Oh, yeah, killer I, drums. Though. Yeah, we'll get into that. I think a lot of that comes from like, they're all into, like, into dance music and that as well. Oh, right. And and I think it's because, obviously, in Northern Ireland then, and when they were growing up, there wasn't a lot going on because right. not many bands were going over and risk getting blown up. Oh, yeah. And yeah, I don't yeah. want to belittle that, but that's the fact. Like, yeah. There's that much yeah. that much shit going on over yeah. there. And, it again, listening to podcasts and stuff. Sorry, Isaac, knocking a bit. Isaac! This is a pain being in the living room. Why, <laughs> why do you need highlighter pens at 9 o'clock at night? What's some highlighting to do? Shut the door! Hi, studio. Thank you. Love you. <laughs> Independent podcast. So. Yeah, I know. I, 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 I kind of want to compare it to us living in like Buttfuck Herefordshire <laughs> because <laughs> right. so. Uh, but I can't really like you can't compare compare Belfast at the height of the troubles to a rural <laughs> idyll. No, no. But the fact that there's a delay, isn't there? And also, if a band does come along, everyone goes to it, regardless. Like mm. the punks, the punks hang out with the goths who hang out with the ravers yeah. who, who hang out with the metalers because you're all a bit different. All, all mm. the freaks, because there's, there's not enough yeah. freaks. They all yeah. the freaks kind of gather together, and I think you can hear that a lot in in the music. Mm. Yeah, especially on something like Teeth Grinder. Yeah, and again, I like I remember there was like quite a lot of the. The tough boys, as I call them, in the year above, would we would be wearing therapy t shirts on muffin yeah. days and stuff at school. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But and it would have been that teeth grinder design. Oh yes, yeah. You know, yeah, yeah. It, 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 you know the mouth sort of prized open or with yeah. a retainer in or whatever. Yeah, that's it, it. Yeah, yeah. Which is like now I think it's wicked, but then you know I would do a bit. <laughs> hang on, mate, this is a bit much. And then when you actually hear teeth grinder and there's so much going on. Yeah. Not uh, scared's the wrong word, but it was just like ooh that might be a bit much for me. like Yeah. Yeah, I know what you mean. In, in 95, I finished high school and then I had to go to like the school you went to for sixth mm-hmm. form, which yeah. I didn't, didn't really do much there. I, I, I kind of bunked off more than I was actually there. <laughs> yeah, ask mother about that if you want. But the Tough Boys got up and played, like they played an, an assembly, much like your Battle of oh. Bands thing, yeah? Yeah, but yeah, it yeah. Was, uh, it was... Um, Crumpy's band. Oh yes, so it was yeah, him yeah, yeah. and another lad called Ben and another lad called either Dan. Yeah, Dan. I can't remember right. their surnames. It's twenty five years ago. Right? Yeah, yeah. Um, but they were all long hair in their therapy t shirt. They got up at the sixth form assembly, played Potato Junkie. Nice. And I was just yeah. like, oh, actually, hang on, there's something there. Yeah, and yeah, then yeah, yeah. I would have. The staff were very unimpressed, as you can imagine. <laughs> but I thought it was really cool. So. Someone else, it might have been Steve had it, so I got managed to get hold of a copy of Trouble Gum. And actually, when I actually listened to it 
properly for the first time. It was just like, you know, right all the way through rather than just here's Green yeah. Major, here's Nowhere. Like yeah. I, I just fell in love with it. And I went straight down to Skeletons and got them to get me Infernal Love. Skeletons again. <laughs> but well, that, that's all we had. But then, yeah, no, so no. I, I got Infernal Love on order from there. And then after that, so that's like 95. So between back end of 95, I passed my driving test end of 96, I think. So that's when we kind of started going off gigging a bit more. So yeah. 96, 97, 98. And I reckon I saw them four or five times over that yeah. like three or four year period. I remember you and Rich going to see therapy, like, what felt like every other week. Like. Well, again, because they, they worked out and they were touring all the yeah. time. And like, I think live, they're amazing. Mm. Um, the best gig was Christmas 98 at JB's in Dudley. Nice. Like, it was just absolutely electric. They had group dog drill supporting, um, again. They, they always yeah. seemed to play yeah. again. But just like, I don't know, there was just something... A, the place that night it just mm. felt that something's going to kick off there's no no stage security or anything so everyone's crowd surfing getting on stage yeah 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 yeah. and oh it, it, and it just went mental i mean they mm. had this um they had a santa's grotto if you like where they were selling the merch but they, actually, <laughs> yeah, they yeah. actually had someone dressed as santa selling the merch. nice and like about halfway through the gig santa's on stage and then he's stage diving amazing and we're catching santa as he's coming right at us yeah i got, yeah, yeah. I got on the stage got my arm around him for, for while he's doing isolation nice. and it was just one of those like there would have been i reckon there would have been 500 people there maybe yeah 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 i mean the place can hold like two fat it didn't feel packed mm. but it was absolutely electric and yeah, i yeah, reckon yeah. i reckon that is probably in one of my probably my top three gigs of all mm. time ever it was at, like next time if you speak to our rich ask him about therapy it, yeah but yeah that, that was i never got to jb's myself did you not it was wicked no no and um, rich um, went up to see uh sick of it all in there oh he did didn't he yeah, yeah Christ. i saw sick of it all at red in yeah that was cool but yeah i bet so, sick of it all in a small club was a quiet night in <laughs> so I wasn't. I think it was when I was in Australia, right? Sorry, when, yeah. when I when I was away, when you were away, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and there was at some point you could, there was like a mail order thing you could write off and get some someone had been videoing like bootleg videoing the game. Oh, right. yeah, so yeah. at one point, Dave Arrowsmith had a VHS like a video of the oh. the all gig with yeah. and Greg Amy's on stage and he stage dives and the crowd just part and it's dead, <laughs> like boom but he loved no you, you can see like he just apparently got he loved it like you know so but that's yeah. what it's about isn't it yeah so, yeah, yeah so that's me in therapy up to that point where where are you where do you come in with therapy i would say my earliest sort of recall of them is probably you and rich going to see them and just hearing them about a bit um you know sort of this is very much like you said to begin with, like, this is a very much my, my, you know, I heard it from you. I heard it from my rich, you know, this, this is like, this is probably when I started to kind of find my own kind of music a little bit, if you see what I mean, mm-hmm. but it was very much a path of stuff that I'd heard from you too. And like, yeah, I remember therapy being like, probably of like my preteen and teen years, you know the early to you know so probably from like 11 to 13 or something like therapy being on like all the time 
yeah, and like could... me getting into it and that sort of thing. So, so, so what year was... were you born? So I was eighty six. So you sort of look so like from about nineties. Yeah. So yeah. even though I know this album came out in like ninety four, but that's when, like I say, me and Rich were going to see him loads. Yeah. Yeah. And I think when you're going to see bands, so you've always got them on a bit more yeah. as well. Yeah. So got a, a pretty not not quite as cool as Craig Surfing with Father Christmas. But I remember mum and dad took certainly took me. Don't know if she took you guys as well. But we went to see them in I wanna say Cardiff. Right. I think it would have been the first time I saw them. And Dad had to lie to the to the bouncer because I was I was only thirteen and you had to be fourteen to get in. Right. So he was like, "Yeah, yeah, he's 14, oh, you're right. Right? <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah." And like, you know, the dad's lying to get me into gigs. Um, and we went and we saw him, and and I remember Dad disappears at the end of the gig. Mum's getting her hair off because she can't find him. Obviously, no mobiles or anything like that. And next thing I know, Dad comes back clutching this bit of paper. He's got the band. He's he's had a word with a bouncer or someone, and the, the band has signed a set list for me. All right, well, you still got that? Still got it? Yeah, yeah. Oh, so right. my little, I got a little box of like cool shit that I keep. And it's, so uh, would have that been on the Suicide Pack tour then? Do you reckon? Uh, yeah, I reckon it would have been. Or, but they also had a best of that then, didn't they? That's so much for the ten year bands. Yeah, it would have been around then. Yeah, and it's got like Andy Cairns aside, like Happy Fucking Birthday and the top oh, cool. corner, and, and I got a drumstick and stuff. And oh, that's brilliant! Away and. Did they draw the little squidgy face thing? They did, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I'll, I'll get a photo of it and we'll yeah, upload definitely. it. But, um, yeah, and very fond memories of thinking like I was pretty cool because I was going to see therapy on a school night. And, do you know what I mean? Going to school the next day. Our rich like, one as well, did he? I think he must have done. He must have like, done. Yeah. yeah. But you yeah, have been straight been... in and then him and Brad would have disappeared, I suppose. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, one of the... Like, Therapy are quite a early band that sort of I wouldn't I won't say that like sort of like an awakening sort of thing mm. like do you know what I mean like it was quite a oh yeah the music can sound like this and sort of so I always feel like with therapy it's like and I think I've said this to other bands as you know a few other bands as well it's like you have people who absolutely love therapy mm. and think they're absolutely amazing and the best thing since sliced bread. And then you've got people who haven't heard therapy or don't yeah. know them. Yeah. You know? yeah. And it, it, yeah, it's I one agree. or the other. And they're like one of the, almost like, like the, they're like a, a massive cult band. Mm. Yeah, absolutely. I yeah, reckon they yeah. could still sell out massive places. I'm glad yeah. they play smaller places. And again, they're one of the few bands that would get me out for a proper gig mm. nowadays. Now yeah. I'm, now I'm 42 and old and past it. <laughs> there's not, you know, there's, especially with the price of gigs yeah, and, of course, every, yeah, and everything yeah. that's going on in the world, I suppose. Mm. But yeah, I it'd take a If therapy were touring near here, I'd be going. If therapy yeah. were touring near you, I'd be going and stopping on your yeah. floor. But <laughs> You'd be sharing it with a dog. That's all right. If I've seen therapy, I don't care. I'm not 100% sure, but rattling around in the back of my mind, I think that um, me and Ben went to see him as well. And I think a friend of the show, Steve Tuck, drove us. Oh, right. You know, one of those, because me and Ben had a period of time where, like, Steve would take us to gigs just because, like, mum and dad, uh, you know, our mum and dad were busy or Ben's mum and dad were busy. Mm -hmm. So Steve would take us. 
filthy soul fly once, I remember that. <laughs> yeah. That was um, Max Cavalera, wasn't it? Max, from yeah, uh, Sub Yeah, he took us to a few, and I, I'm sure. So I know Ben used to like, uh, like, sorry, like therapy, and I think we might have I've just one of those things that in the back of my mind. So I know I've seen therapy a couple of times, mm. but and I remember that gig with mum and dad. Um, and then I can only think that me and Ben went, and I reckon, I reckon I'll, I'll speak to Steve, I'll chat with him at the minute. So yeah, I reckon he might have taken us to that one. I love how cool we are that we keep <laughs> shouting out these gigs that we went to with mum and dad. Yeah. <laughs> because like, well, like, mum came with us to see Rancid. Yeah. Yeah, did, yeah. Did you come as well? Yeah, up, yeah, up yeah, in Birmingham. Yeah. Where, yeah, yeah. Birmingham. Me, was it? So it must be me, you, Rich, and Brad. Yeah, I reckon so. And Mum. Yeah, yeah, Mum. Yeah. Like Dad took me to see the Manix at Hereford Leisure Centre. Dad yeah. came with Mum. And Dad came with me to V one year. Yeah. Reading one year. We went with them to see Manix in, in Cardiff. Cardiff with them. Yeah. While with yeah. Ian Brain when he was terrible. Oh yeah, yeah. Um, I always say that like. People often say that, oh, how, like, your mum and dad don't, aren't, like, musicals, so how come, like, us brothers are? And I, I always think that, like, yeah, mum and dad aren't musical, but they always, like, gave us space to be musical. Yeah. And, like, and, and when like, you say us brothers are musical, you don't include me, because I'm well, not I do, musical. you know, we, we, you know, one end of a good... I know my chords, and that's about it. Well, yeah, yeah. But, like, and part of that was, like, they would always take us to gigs. Like, you know... Yeah. Pretty much always rely on if there was a gig we wanted to go to, we'd get mum and dad would probably take us, yeah. you know, and then later on, like you'd drive us or, mm-hmm. you know. But yeah, it's funny, you know, those season, like Nate always goes on about how great rants, and I was like, yeah, I saw him with my mum. Because, <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, do you know what? I reckon it's this gig, you know, I reckon I found the gig, Cardiff Uni, because it's it was my birthday, 12th of December 1999. Yeah. It must be that gig, yeah. So that so suicide pack you first was two thousand that came out. It was the it was the suicide pack you first tour. Apparently, go then. According to setlist dot fm, what's the first what's of suicide pack you first? Has that got Wreck It Like Beckett on it? Stuff uh, like that. Have a look. They didn't play it. If they did, um, sorry, we're talking about every every fucking therapy album. But yeah, yeah. So I reckon I saw them three times on the semi-detached tour. Yeah, at least three times. All right. Well, no, definitely three. I think I saw him in in. I think I may, may have seen him in Newport, Wolverhampton, and Dudley, something like that. Hmm. Yeah, I remember our rich saw Pantera like three nights running or something. Yeah, there, didn't yeah. We? And they, we were, we were supposed to go down to Cardiff to for this Tattoo the Planet tour. Oh uh, yeah, and that would have been twenty years ago this week. Yeah, because it, and I know that for a fact because it got postponed because of 9-11 oh right yes okay and then when it got rearranged which was probably into the november because there's all that no fly zone stuff wasn't yeah, there? yeah 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 so when we bought tickets they were like me rich and brad i think greg came as well i don't mm-hmm. know if jukesy did but it was and dave probably but yeah it was like pantera sepultura cradle of the filth yeah. um like real heavy stuff like but yeah then, yeah 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 Pantera couldn't make the rearranged dates, uh, and I don't think Sepultura did either. So it ended up being like 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 Cradle of the Filth were the headliners and Slayer or, or Slayer. So it was yeah. a very different gig in the end to what you know. And to be honest, it's all all of that stuff is a bit heavy for me. 
Mm. And I, I think I was just pretty much the driver. <laughs> I didn't. I didn't pay for the ticket. I know that much. I think. Yeah. Like, if if I drive, will will I? Will, they'll pay the, for the ticket. Like so. Yeah. Um. Right. If we take a little break and then we'll come back and we'll go track by track through mm-hmm. travel gum. All right. Yeah. Cool. I need to piss. Yeah. I'm gonna grab a drink. Cool. Do the same. We're back and we then go through Trouble Gum track by track. Yep. I've made notes. Look at You've made notes. All right. I'm going to kick straight in here and say when we did our list of side ones, track ones. Yep. Uh, did any of us pick knives? I don't think so. I think I put it in my honorable mentions, maybe. It's a massive oversight, that, isn't it? <laughs> so, you know what I was saying about being a bit scared of therapy? Mm-hmm. Yeah. How intimidating is that for an opening track on an album? Knives, yeah. Like it's... It does that really creepy whisper, doesn't it? Yeah. Weird. I'm going like... to get drunk, come round and fuck you up. <laughs> yes, yeah. It's an amazing song. And then there's the other lyrics, is it, I want to crawl up inside you and die? Yeah. Not very pleasant, is it? I mean, there's quite a lot of stuff about, like, through all their stuff about, like, serial killers and stuff, mm. isn't there? I think Jeffrey oh. Dahmer gets mentioned. Obviously, we've got mm. Dancing with Manson yeah. previous, and uh, there's definitely a theme. But it's just really intimidating, and you just listen to it, it's like, what the fuck? Like, he's mm. going to get drunk, come around and fuck me up. He's got fucking knives! <laughs> <laughs> and if he hasn't, you can't hide yours. You so, can't you hide know. yours, right? You know, and it's just... Yeah, but that I want to call up inside you and die. Mm. That that repeating, like the vocal is amazing. If you listen to it, like like on the guitar solo, there's just behind it, it's just fucking screaming. Like mm. yeah, it's yeah, just yeah. like like this. The whole album, like the production on it, is immense. There's a few bits I'll come on to later on, but for a free piece, mm. yeah, 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 yeah. But on this opening track on knives like the drumming is just incessant isn't it it just batters you and... yeah well i was gonna say i don't know much about drumming at all i've been having really awkward conversations trying to discuss drums with steve today and ryan at the studio and like i don't really know what i'm talking about but those drums on that first track it's it's massive and the snare just like mm. rips through it and it's like massive and the guitars are really like tight and like like the, the guitar tone is just metal as fuck isn't it oh yeah yeah, yeah, it's, yeah, like, yeah. it's like i love it i think it's like it's really just it's just really intimidating isn't it mm. it's like yeah yeah i don't know i haven't got much more else to say on that but i think it's brilliant and like you say how we how we missed it when we did yeah. our opening tracks i think it's probably just out of complacency really yeah because because yeah. it's so and it's um a lot like a great opening track it it sets the tone doesn't it you think you're like you hear that and you're like right okay something's That's, going on here like yeah yeah and then we go into all of the hooks yes yeah yeah on screen major so you've got Which... that like staccato guitar at the start that da 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 and then that lead line which all, like my favorite thing about that Phrase line, I don't know what you want to call it. that mm-hmm. bit of that, that cool bit of guitar. Yeah, the best thing about that is I remember um, John McHale sat on a sofa in the hostel in New Zealand teaching me how to play that on shitty acoustic guitars. So, nice. like, whenever I hear that now, even though that was like 10 years after the record yeah. came out, I yeah. still associate that just mm-hmm. that lick 
yeah. with, with Irish John teaching me how to play it. Like, I can't it's... play it now. I've forgotten it now. <laughs> I don't know what I was thinking earlier. I can't play that either. Um, it's one of those songs that it's not my favourite song on the album, but it's it's probably the best song on the album. We'll come to this later. Hold hold your load. And just because it's it like a previous hot hot take, if you will, with like remember I was talking about common people, how like people don't want to say common people's the best track on different class because they're trying to be cool, but it's it's really fucking good. Like, you know. I I do have a counter argument to Scream Major being the best track on the album. Also with Scream Major, it's like I, I love how short and sharp it is. It's just mm. like we're here and now we're gone again and the chorus is just anthemic, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Which, yeah. For a band which can be quite intimidating and can be quite hard going in places, they know their way around a chorus. Absolutely. And I um, think that lyrically, on... I will just jump in lyrically. Yeah, go for it. It really like the lyrics really remind me of like, and again, it's that comparison between like where we grew up and Northern Ireland, if you like, which is a but it's just yeah. that small town life. Yeah. It's like there literally is nothing going on. So all I'm going to do is I'm going to find this girl or boy. I'm just mm. going to fucking fantasize about them and just get myself all wound up in a ball about this. And yeah. when, when it doesn't work out or it goes to shit, well, I just find someone else and it'll all go, yeah. you know, it goes all over, round and round in circles. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just move your focus until, you know. Mm. And that yeah. is like kind of small town life yeah. when, you're, when, when you are, you know, that sort of age. All, yes, hormone, yeah. all, all hormones and angst, I suppose. I would say that idea of like hooks and choruses, it runs through the album, I think. Um, we'll come on to some of the tracks that I perhaps don't feel a, are quite as strong as some of the others, but they do still have that good choruses, you mm. know, which is mad when like how we sort of describe them in the build up as this sort of like intimidating, heavy, um, almost like us against you sort of feeling about them. But yeah, they got some really catchy tunes like. But again, I think that's a lot of it is like in the presentation of it because it mm. is all like you see it is all black t shirt and he's got his hair dyed black and his beard dyed black and like he does look like a psycho when he's getting yeah. into it, like you know. And yeah, yeah. what I really like is is there's that just that little bit of noise almost that goes from Scream Major into Hellbelly, which is the track three. Yes, and yeah. I really like that. Just uh, and it's it's not a lot, it's but it's just enough to tie the two together. Yeah, I like really like the uh, the yeah. I just really like the like the chuggy riff, and I think again, mm-hmm. I think vocally is really good. And that's that's a theme as we go through here, track by track. Is that I think yes. as a vocalist, he's really underrated. I agree. And hell, Bennett, this is another one that I feel like it's not a, not one. It's one of the stronger tracks on the album, I would say. But like pretty dark in it. It's pretty yeah. bleak. But then it's got a pretty catch, um, pretty catchy chorus. Mm-hmm. You know that like Jesus. You know, it's like it's a sing along, isn't it? It is. Yeah, yeah. Good tune. Yes, and yeah, I'm not sure if you want any, any. I know we're going track by track, but I, I do feel this is a stronger A side of the album. Um, I do love how, despite the fact that I haven't listened to a vinyl record in about 10 years, we still, still, like, still like A sides and B yeah. sides. Track four, Stop It, You're Killing Me, which yes. I always misheard because I had a taped copy off 
someone i never had like the track list and i always heard, heard it as stop bitch you're killing me rather than Do you know stop what it. yeah i'm glad you said that because i even even listening to it today i wasn't 100 percent sure <laughs> yeah. Do you know what i mean like it's uh but again it's uh, like it's got all the hooks isn't it i think some of he that it is good lyrically and i think some of it works in with his delivery as much as anything mm. because like the opening lyrics for this like I am looking at this, to be honest, just because I, I knew I liked it. So I wanted to make sure I got it right. Um, open lyrics to the world. The world is fucked and so am I. Maybe it's the other way around. I can't seem to decide. It's proper teenage boy angsty kicking against everything, isn't it? It is, isn't it? If it was, if, if he didn't sing it like he sings it, and if he didn't, and if it wasn't over what it's over, you could, that's a pre-emo lyric, mate, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> you, you know what I mean? But like, but because of his, and then to be fair, it, as it goes on, it, it does lose that a bit. But like, as an opener, it's a great opening lyric. But yeah, it does sort of like, you know, the like the the middle eight bit. I think that's really really cool. But it doesn't seem actually, you know, got the train, go six miles back, yeah. can't feel no pain, yeah. can't feel me now. Doesn't quite feel like it's the same song, but no. it still still manages. Somehow they managed to just. And again, that's one of my favourites on the album. It's yeah, it yeah, definitely. It's it's really good. Um, all the hooks, all the hooks, all the riffs. Um, more like me and Rich always say about this band, they got more riffs than Metallica. Yeah, and like the the racket they make for a free piece. Oh yeah, and yeah. again the the production on this. So the big single is next track five, nowhere. Is it the big single or a scream age of the big single, in your opinion? Well, I think factually, I think Nowhere's the big single. I think that's what right. I think it got higher in the charts. Right. But this... again, I can I'll quite happily be wrong on that. No, 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 no. I always associate I always think Scream Age is the big single and I and uh, Nowhere is is the hidden gem. I know oh, that's right, a bit like okay. yeah. Um and it's fucking brilliant. It's one of the best songs I know. That is nowhere. I yep. think it's like it's it's heavy. It's like moody. It's got that amazing riff at the start. I can actually play it on the guitar. Start. Well, there's only two notes in it. You know, take that. <laughs> there's only about six songs I can play start yeah. to finish that I haven't written, and uh, this is one of them. I, I think this this. I think it's brilliant. It's it's probably for me. I would say it's my favorite track on the album. Right. I would say, and that might be a wankery pick. I don't know, but I, I think it's just great. I think in amongst what is quite, I don't want to say bleak because that's the wrong, but like it's 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 a slightly lighter note, isn't it? Oh yeah, yeah. So um... and like, and it's still it's still pretty heavy, but you know, it's like. It's almost like it's at a level, and it's like this is this is heavy. This is what we're going for. But, oh, actually, this is just going to lift its head up a little. You know, a little break in the clouds, almost. From my research, from uh, reading around and listen, I listened to a few podcasts and stuff with Andy Cairns on there. There, um, there was one with Michael McKeegan as well. Um, mm. Andy Cairns would say like he really hated it when he wrote it. Really? Yeah. I mean, mm. there's also there's also stories about the whole album. Along, they um, they didn't have a lot, and um, what they did, like what they did have, was almost like in two halves. 
Yeah. So they went into the studio and then they didn't play stuff like Nowhere because they know? because Andy Kent just felt it was just too poppy. Mm. It was just too, you know, and then some of the stuff. Like so, they they played some demos, and it was like yeah. the stuff that they wanted to put on the album. The producer was like, "No, that shit." <laughs> right, yeah. And then they said, "What else have you got?" And they said, "Well, we've got this, but it's it, I think it's shit." And he's like, "No, that's amazing." Yeah. So it's yeah. like there was a the producer that sent them down that road a bit. Should have almost ended up on the floor, like. You know, oh yeah, 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 yeah. So it's, it's like like I say. So from what I've read and what I've heard, is Andy Cairns didn't like it, but it's mm. a good job they worked out of it. I just like the fact that you know, again with the lyrics, it's like you don't get into heaven if you're not following the dress code. Yeah, yeah. And and yeah. that kind of again that kind of harks back to that whole we're the freaks. Yeah. And again, you're on about like the emo lines, but shouting at the world, you'll never change. But it's, yeah. but it's yeah. what's inside. You've got to rearrange like that. Yeah. How, that's fast forward another ten years. Yeah, that's that emo stuff, isn't it? Absolutely. But they yeah. did it first. Like it's so crap, and that riff that goes through the chorus. Yeah, it's great. And I would say actually, saying um, the heaven kicked you out bit, like the, the middle eight part, is is really cool because it's like a little bit weird on the timings and stuff, and it all kind of. You would have thought that after like that's the opening lines, that is. Yeah, no, but they they do it in the middle eight. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Just for the big solo. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. When there's like a break it down, isn't it? Yeah. You would have thought (laughs) after like all these years, I've. Oh yeah, and then he goes. I don't know what stuff is in 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 songs. I don't know if it's out of time. He's still going. Like, do you know what I mean? Like, it sounds to be like it's almost a different time in, but it, yeah. I don't know if it is. But, like, it's quite a cool little break. Again, I think a lot of that is from, like, um, like being big into, like, that dance mm. music and the breakbeat stuff, like, especially, yeah. like, the drumming and that. Because, again, the the drumming on it is just... Oh, yeah, yeah. Die Laughing. Die Laughing. And it's only track six. Only track six. Amazing song. Really, really good. That little access of nowhere and die laughing. Yeah. The yeah. guitar solo on die laughing is amazing. Yeah. It's really it's good. A top, like top song that is. When I saw them, it was about well, one of the times I saw them was probably two or three weeks after um, Dermot Morgan died, Father Ted. Oh right, yeah. So yeah, that yeah. that would date that. Um, yeah, yeah. And they dedicate so they dedicated die laughing to him. Uh, so really? I, I, I always kind of, now because of that I always kind of associate Die Laughing mm. with Father Ted yeah, yeah, even, though, yeah. even though it was Neil Hannon and that or Divine Comedy doing the music for Father Ted yeah it just when we saw him in Wolverhampton he said something like oh, oh the last time we were here we were playing with um, a corner shop open for us oh wow <laughs> but Brimford of Asher had only just been number one, but like the yeah. remix of Brim for the Vash. Yeah, they were yeah, like, yeah. we've toured with a number one act, like, you know. <laughs> and then I think they went into one of their uh, darker ones, like. But... Yes, yeah. So, um, yeah. It's really striking me at how, like, how pre emo some of these lyrics are. Yeah. You know, but it, it, it is, it, it does go to show the strength of his delivery, isn't it? Because you like. But really, if you think about it, it, it is in it, it's, you know, without going on about it, it does just hark back to that. There's a line in um, 1979, Smashing Pumpkins, it's like strung out with the freaks and ghouls. 
yeah well, and like i say like if you're in belfast or just outside belfast mm. and you've got to go through checkpoints to go to gigs you're going to go with your mates and if your mates are you know if there's two gigs in if you know two decent gigs a year yeah you just you're all you know you're all just going to be listening to the same stuff whether yeah. like whether you're into ska punk or the prodigy yeah because it's different because it's not char- i i know like he was saying that like they'd go and see like Susie and the banshees one week right yeah and then there'd be some some metal band the week after and then mm. you, you, do you know what i mean it's just a gig yeah. was a gig is a gig i think it's again one of the the better songs so i would i would add to i think nowhere and because they go into each other nicely there's a little bit mm. of sort of again a little bit of an outro bit on uh nowhere and then it goes like it's the big snare then it goes into yeah. the, the rest really yeah i think those two just blend nicely Again, um, with the album, it's like it's not just the production of the album, isn't it? It's like the sequencing of it. Yeah, yeah, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Flows, doesn't it? And I suppose some of that comes with like listening to it every month since nineteen ninety five, nineteen ninety six, or whatever. That you just you know that that comes next. You know you've got that little widdy widdy bit in between the two songs yeah. or whatever. You know, it's this is definitely one where familiarity does not breed contempt. <laughs> so after this, I reckon. After Die Laughing, this is where I feel the album takes a bit of a darker switch. Mm, yeah, absolutely. And I'll be honest, for and, me... I'm so sorry, this is Unbeliever. So for me, I think you're right. There's, there, It does feel like there's a change in tone. And I do find the second half of the album not as enjoyable to listen to as the first. Right. If okay. I'm being honest. Yeah. Um, no, not that it's any worse. I just find it... It doesn't have those, and it's probably a reason why you would probably say my music taste is different to this now, is because I think I do prefer the slightly hookier, slightly lighter mm-hmm. touch stuff of the first half of the album. So Unbe- Unbeliever has got that weird guitar solo, which I then found out was Paige Hamilton from Helmet. Yes, yeah. So Unbeliever is really cool. It's got that, um, it's definitely, it feels a bit more, ballady is the wrong word, but compared to the rest of the record. It, yeah. Yeah. And then it's got that this really weird squirrely guitar solo on there. So yeah, I think it probably is a weaker track. But then we come to Trigger Inside, which I think is my favorite record it's my favorite track on the album. Yes. I think it's brilliant. Here comes a girl with perfect teeth. I bet she won't be smiling at me. And again, it's emo and it's it's small town, isn't it? It's Yes. Um, I'm just trying to remind myself of something, so bear with me a second. Right, yeah, okay. I know how Jeffrey Dahmer feels. Yes, so I don't like this song. What? If I'm being honest, yeah. Oh, that's a shocker. I think the riff is amazing. And I'll tell you why I don't like it. Because I, I, I think it's almost the same song as Isolation. Almost, I get mixed, very mixed up. No, um, see, no. So, see, I think you know. I, I always get mixed up with isolation and turn. Uh, no, it might just be the chorus that I'm always thinking. He's going to rather go. I got a trigger inside. Going to go isolation. You know, I and this is this. I don't mean to dampen things here, but maybe this is. I will come on to, to things a bit later on, but. I think his sort of 
I can best describe it as almost serial killer shtick gets a bit much for me. Right, okay. That, that I know how Jeffrey Dahmer feels like it's just a lit for me, it feels a little bit contrived and a little bit like, uh, I don't know, I think about this. Jeffrey Dahmer's the skin guy, right? Right, yes. He but that skin and all that sort right. of thing. So, so as I understand it from Andy Cairns um, talking, the thing that um, sort of triggered, if you like, or got Jeffrey Dahmer going was one day he took a, took an apple or a cake or something to his teacher, right? Mm-hmm. And the teacher, and then on his, you know, and then, oh, here you are, teacher, here you go, I've made this for you. And yeah. then as he's walking out, he sees the teacher just chuck it straight in the bin. Right. So it's it's that act that he's made something and presented it to someone and it's just been dismissed. So I've heard Andy Ken say that is the bit that that lyric right. is referring to. Not the, yeah. I know how Jeffrey Dahmer f- feels skinning people. Yes. And I didn't know that story to be fair, but... It's that moment of rejection of... Not not just affection, but of like the hard work I've made this for yes. you, and yeah, you yeah. just dismissed it. Yeah, for, as I understand it, that is where that lyric comes from. Right, that does perhaps change things. Do you know, like because let's be fair, like if you t- if you go to the go to a band practice, right, and you go, hey boys, I've I've worked really hard yeah. for three days, and I've made this song, and they go, it's shit. You do mm. want to stab them in the throat, don't you? Oh, yes, yeah. I just think there's there's bits on that element of, of the whole album. There is a lot of, like, on knives, there's, there's reference, mm. you know, to, like, there's a lot of reference to, to like, killing, isn't there? And, like, oh, yeah, death. And, like, I don't know. I just think it might not even be the song. It might just be its point in the album. It just mm. gets to me a little, I'm a little bit like... Oh, I don't know. See, I, 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 I fucking love it. I think it's best song on that record, though. That, no, that's absolutely fine. You know, I really like the the like the palm muted intro. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. That really sits, and and I like that it's really quite dark, but really it is another sing along anthem. It, oh, absolutely, yeah, yeah, yeah. The chorus. One of my is... most favourite bits on the whole of that song is a at the end. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. I yeah. think that's brilliant. You know, I, I think I've said on the blog post about Rancid that Oi Oi Oi's in um, Alleyways and Avenues, or Avenues and yeah. Alleyways, are the, yeah, best yeah. In the best in the business. You can keep the Ramones. Yeah. They're the yeah, best. Yeah, yeah. And, that, and I've said on... Um, uh, the, oh, there's a uh, Mother Love Bone song, which has got the best, Kick It! Oh, in, right. in yeah, rock. Yeah, yeah. And this is the best, huh, in yeah. rock. What I do like... Um, is after his uh, the way it, that's it trips into um, Lunacy Booth into Lunacy Booth, which I think is a really good song. I think this is what I was talking about, like the production on it. Yeah, is there's so much going on on this song, and again, there's only three of them: is guitar, bass, and drums. Yes, and, and some of the stuff they do with the vocals. Yeah. So you know the bit where he goes, um, well, in 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 the chorus, the, the it's like you got the Christ, yeah, 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 and then it, uh, it's all that you know that mm-hmm. bit. The lyrics there are so that that just that little bit. I suppose it's the chorus, and it goes, it are uh, Christ sin revealed is all that you know. Mm, yeah, now, like until I actually re- read the lyrics, I can, it just sounds like. Christ and then noise, yeah. 
but it's just layered and it's almost like three different vocalists mm. but it's all got Andy Cairns is it? Is it? Yeah. I always thought there was a, a th- like, at least a second voice. You, it's all him. It, it's from oh, what right. I can make out. Yeah. Ah, that's very interesting. I didn't realize. I, I thought there was a. Yeah. I, uh, again, vocalist. I'm quite happy to be wrong. Fact check. Dad got this one wrong. Additional vocals on Lunacy Booth were provided by Silverfish and Ruby vocalist Leslie Rankin. But from again, from but again, um, some of the lyrics on there. Again. Um, glad my mirror's broken. My image is a burden. Have we stumbled upon the first emo record? I think we might have done. Like, <laughs> um, and again, the chorus: "The Christ sin revealed is all that you know." Obviously, with it being a mixed faith Irish mm. band, there's there's a lot of that, uh, like yeah, religiosity. There's a lot of religion comes into it, I suppose. Yeah, 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 yeah. And and the differences. And I like the fact that they're a mixed faith. Yeah, band yeah, in yeah, there because yeah. you know there's too much a lot bullshit of mixing going there. on was there, you know wow. um, and I think that comes through a lot in the album I, I think there might just be me reading too much but there is quite a lot of like um, Christ analogies and sort of like um, Christian imagery and stuff um, certainly in the safe of our, it, well sorry in the in, in the in the Irish Republic hmm like the 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 hold that the church had over everything, mm. it has to come through. It's like the impact of religion in Ireland is something we I don't think we'll ever understand, to be honest. No, but no. it definitely comes through in a lot of this mm. stuff. Yeah. Again, the production on this song is amazing. The drums are wicked. Yes. There's yeah. one bit where it's all just like uh, bass drums and feedback. Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's yeah. really, really cool. I really like that. Uh, so that was Lunacy Booth. Uh, that goes into a really, really cool cover version of Joy Division's Isolation. Did not know that was a cover version. What, until I just told you? or um, Until <laughs> I was looking up the track list in, oh, so right, I okay. could see it in front of me. Yeah, didn't know that. Didn't I know that. definitely heard the Therapy version before I heard the Joy Division yeah. version. Um, and obviously this one I'm always going to be fond of because... I got on stage with him when they were playing it at JB, so it's... But yeah, no, it's it's a good song. It is. Um, I, I, I am going to go away to the original because I'm sure I've never heard it. Right, I think uh, there's a version on YouTube or a video of it on YouTube somewhere. Yeah. It's always good to watch just to see the... After that is Turn, which is another like dark brooding ballad. Like I always get yeah. those two, not mixed up, but Turn and... Isolation, they're the ones that sound quite similar to me. Mm. It almost feels like Turn probably came out of them jamming around Isolation. Yes, yeah, yeah, I see what you mean, yeah. Um, I don't think Turn's that strong, to be honest. Right. On the album, I don't mind it. This is another one of those, it's a bit, you know, I, I know where you live, I know you're on your own, I may forget and all that sort of stuff. It's just a little bit like... Back on that serial killer stalker vibe a bit and... Maybe that's the purpose of it, but like, I just feel a bit uncomfortable hearing lyrics like that. And like, I know that's mad because some of the stuff I listen to is is like quite. Maybe it's the delivery again. Do you know maybe what? I think it feels a bit like you know when you watch. Well, actually, to be honest, because of the age difference, you might not. You know where uh, the film Seven. Yes. Where yeah, you yeah, just yeah. feel a little bit on edge and a bit grotty and a bit yeah. what the fuck's gonna happen next? It's... Yeah. Yeah. No, I know what you mean. Yeah. You almost start to think like 
there's quite a dark character in there, isn't yeah. there? Yeah. But at the same time, because of like the earlier poppy stuff, well, not poppy stuff, but the, the hook laden stuff earlier on, mm. you're never, you kind of always know it's a character. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. What, yeah like yeah. you know how well, like like Bruce Springsteen very much walks that line of he had there's too many songs about too many different girls for them all to be yeah. autobiographical. Yeah. 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 yeah but. Yeah. The character you believe the character he inhabits could easily be him, so therefore, yes, yeah, yeah. yeah. Whereas, yeah. I don't think Andy Cairns is quite as fucked up as no, the lyrics are true, yeah. yeah, no, and that's that's probably a blessing. He, because, he comes you know, over as a thoroughly nice guy, yeah, and it's interesting because I've only really noticed that in these more recent lessons that I've had. I would have probably would have picked up on it before, but it's, mm-hmm. it's, you know, and I'll be honest. I think that's the last notable tra- uh, that, this last track. If you're sorry, if you have anything more to add on turn, no, I haven't. No, there's three more. We've got f- f- three more tracks to go through. So I think the riff on Femtex is brilliant. Really? See, I yeah. don't like it. I, I, we're we're gonna we're, dif- we're different. We're gonna differ on this one. I think it's proper chuggy. It's mm. yeah. Um, apparently, it's um, and this was a quote out. of I found from Andy Cairns in Kerrang and it's it's a nod to all like the really like ass kicking women that they played with over the years. Oh, so like, right, when, so yeah. when they went on tour with uh, Hull, mm. you know, back in the day, probably they got signed because of the success. Yeah, on that. yeah, yeah. Um, you know, but like, so it's Femtech. So it's you know obviously a nod to all those women that yeah. they played with along the years, and obviously Semtex. Yeah yeah, 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 yeah. Um, do you want to fuck? Do you want a friend? Do you want sex? Do you want revenge? Like again, small town in it. Um, yeah, yeah, the, yeah, yeah. The outro at the end of it, I think, is really cool. Yeah, yeah. I see what you mean. It, it's it's that intro riff. I, I can't really get on. You with. Don't, I don't like know that. I'm surprised. I think no, no. I think it's really cool. Right? It might be a little bit metal by numbers. I don't know. I think that's that is perhaps what it is. It's it perhaps a little bit like. Yeah, I can't think of another example, but it does feel a little bit like, oh, this is this is you know metal riff. What's the first one. lyric? Is it is that that's the masturbation saved my life, isn't it? Yes, it is. Yes, yeah. which is probably a bit on the nose as well. But I just really like <laughs> it. So unrequited is one after yeah. that, uh, which I think is for me. It's exactly the song is like an exact representation of like how it feels like when you see someone you like with someone else it's like a sonic equivalent of punching the shit out of a wall because it's like like what the fuck mm. are you doing with him when she could be with me and it's like i just think it batters you and the scream on it is just yeah, somewhere, yeah, yeah. like we've all been there it's mm. just like that yeah yeah, yeah 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 i really like it yeah no good track actually um i would say I've often thought that by turn, I kind of get it. I'm almost at like I'm I'm almost ready for quitting a little bit with the oh, album, right, okay. and, and but then and that might be because I don't particularly have a femtex. So it's, it's another get. it's another one that I can't remember what we spoke about before, where it's like because I listened to the first half of it, or because I listened to it so many times. After mm. a while, you look for other things in it, so. Yes, yeah. And we'll come to this later on, actually. Sorry. Um, and then the song finishes with Brainsaw. Yes. And to me, it feels like, well done, haven't you done well, well to get through all of this here? 
have one last kick in the nuts. Yeah, yeah, and it's yeah, just yeah, like yeah. one last batter. The guitar works amazing. Like it's all really quite brutal. Yes, I'm just going to put a lot, isn't it? Judas, Judas, I thought you were my friend. Judas, Judas, he's just the same mm. as them. I'm in hell and I'm alone. Yeah. It's yeah, that's that's yeah, good track. Yeah. It's like yeah, I think it's amazing. Like, and that that intro on like the, the the opening lines of that is is really strong, isn't it? Because you're kind of little, like, where's this going, sort of thing. So overall, then, as an album, for me, it's definitely come for Scream Major. But stick around for Lunacy Booth. Right, yeah. I'm going to be honest here, and I'm going to say, if I don't hear it again for another 10 years, I'm all right with it. What? And I know that. And it's not that I... It's just so far away from what I'm into now that I kind of don't want to taint it. Do do you see what I mean? I love it. like, Like, completely... And utterly, it is a great album, and it's one of like the important albums of my of my life. And I think that we spoke about it in our season wrap up. That um, things when we got to the Pixies, that like um, the Pixies felt like an album that was kind of a best album, where the others were more our favourites. And I think Tr- uh, Trouble Gum is completely one of our records, completely yeah. one of our favourite records. I just, I just don't know how often I'm going to listen to it. Saying I don't want to hear it for ten, and it's not that I don't want to hear it. Can I just ask, just jump in quickly? And well, like, how much do you like? So obviously, Trouble Gum is the big record. Hmm. How much do you go with the stuff that came after? Um. So do you know Infernal Love? Because like, like, I think Infernal Love is an absolute monumental record, even though it got absolutely panned when it first came yeah. out. I I, I think I I have a lot more. Like I love Trouble Gum. I think it's amazing, but I feel more of a connection to some of the stuff on um, Infernal Love, mm. and also because I saw them quite a lot on the semi-detached tour, like at least like, like three times on the yeah. semi-detached those songs as well like yeah. stick with me a bit but Trouble Gum is the one I listen to more and more if like, I was gonna listen to a therapy album I would 100% listen to this yeah. like no doubt about it um I do think so I have this in Infernal Love on pretty much as often mm, as each other yeah I think Misery off Infernal Love is an absolute belter of a song. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I don't know um, if they've written many better than that, than Misery, to be honest. If I were to pick, and this is just a, this is just a, a random thing, um, I think Lonely Crying Lonely is my favourite therapy really, song. That's really good, isn't it's it? Really, yeah, really. Like, really hooky. That's, but see, I reckon that's another one of them where like, if Andy Cairns didn't like Nowhere because it was too poppy, that's probably another yeah. one on... The, yeah, yeah. And yeah. there is some, there is a lot of shit going around on that album because um, basically A and M Records would go like pretty much went bust while they were recording uh, right. Semi Detached, so it just kind of snuck out. And then when uh, like the tours that they went on after, so those tours where I saw them, like Newport yeah. JBs, and then mm-hmm. um, Wolverhampton they put them on themselves. They didn't have a oh, record really? company. Oh, and, right. 
and the drummer and they also had like the guy playing the cello and that yeah, as yeah, well yeah 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 they were getting paid out of Andy Cairns in Mike McKeegan's pocket because Fife Ewing had left the band by then oh okay so yeah, they yeah. were paying them out of pocket it's almost like the commercial success of Trouble Gun and to a lesser extent Infernal Love meant they could carry on right whereas I, see what you I mean, think yeah. if, if Trouble Gun was just a good album and sold half as many records, they probably wouldn't have been able to do anything after mm. Semi Detached. Because they made a few quid from Trouble Gun. Probably wasn't massive amounts of money, was it? But like... um, from what I understand, like uh, Trouble Gun and Infernal Love meant they were all right. Yeah. It... But doing touring Semi Detached nearly bankrupted them both. Yeah. Yeah. Because, because like the drummer and the cellist and that and the roadies obviously are, were on mm. we, were on oh. wait were on wages. Yeah, yeah. I, I I will just say also if the whole of this record is die laugh in nowhere scream major, mm. I reckon like by the time ninety eight comes around, like I don't think I think they're done then. Yeah, I see what you mean. Um... I don't think they can keep churning out nowhere again and again and want to keep doing it i don't think if if infernal love is trouble gum 2 and semi-detached is trouble gum 3 i don't think they have the desire to pay people out of their own pocket to carry on without a record company yes yeah 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 i see what you mean i think they need i think it need they need that create some of the more the darker stuff some of the harder going stuff if you like the more creative Mm. stuff almost is what propels them to say right this is still worth doing because we yes. know we've got the not this in our back pocket but this is what we're capable of no absolutely you but you, you like bands and it's a bit of a dirty word but like bands have got tracks that like uh, andy Kent is obviously I, I, i'm assuming andy Kent is, is also like the lead songwriter yeah of the band but he's obviously a very very gifted songwriter who's yeah. worked hard at his craft and like knows his way around a chorus he could if he you know if he wasn't if he grew up now say he would probably could i'm saying he would but he could be writing like the most amazing pop music if you see what i mean if you if you picked him up took him out of you know 80s 90s belfast and dropped him into 2000 london around you know like or next door to chris martin well yeah yeah like you, he's he's obviously got that, and maybe I would like to. Actually, I'm not not even beginning to question someone's integrity because I wouldn't, and I don't. That's no, that's one thing I don't think you can with this band. I think they take a lot of shit for like, um, not so much for um, what well, or more for Infernal Love being or not being mm. Trouble Gum too. Yeah, I think people go, oh, well, because it is more chilled out and th- yeah. there, there is strings in there and they took a lot of yeah. shit for that. But I think they were like, no, this is... Like like you often say about Green Day, they don't mm. churn out the same thing all the time. Yeah. And I don't think you can ever say that Therapy are a band that sold out or oh, aren't God, no. authentic. No. I think they're going to make the... Mu- they're going to make the music that they want to make. Fuck everyone else. I was, it's just like knowing that they've got, you know, he can just say, do you know what? All right, we we need, like, I want to do, I've got 11 songs that I want to put on this album. But, like, he's also obviously savvy enough to know that, like, 
probably could do with something a bit catchy. Hmm. Maybe not so much anymore now that they're older and they're not quite like the, the powerhouse. Uh, but he's got it. He knows that like I can put out, I can make, I, I, I don't know the latest stuff to be honest, so perhaps not fair to comment, but like he can make like the second was half. really good. Yeah, yeah, we said about that before, yeah. didn't we? Like he can make the second half of Trouble Gun again, say, and put that out and People might not be into it, but, he might, but then he knows that, like, well, I've done that, so now I'm going to do a slightly lighter album because he knows. So he, he can, do, can it. do. So they can do like they re-recorded. They did a re-recorded greatest hits, didn't they? With James, yes, like yeah. James, so they had like James Dean Bradfield on. Yeah. Um, Die Laughing. Yes. Yeah. So because they've got that lot in the back pocket, if yeah. they want, if they want to go in tour. Trouble Gun Live for a 20th anniversary or a 25th yeah. anniversary, they can do that and then they can go away and make Cleave exactly. or Disquire. And like, exactly. so they, not that it's like they can milk the, milk the stuff in the back catalogue yeah. in order to stay artistically authentic. Yeah, no, I think, I think you've, you've, you're, you're bang on there. And like, I, I'm not a mass, like, I, this, this this might seem a bit crass considering what's happened recently, but like I've never had any desire to go and see the Rolling Stones because I don't see the point. Because right. like it's well, not that I don't see the point. I know what you're going to say does, here. I know what you're going to say here, and what I think it is, it's as soon as you have the feeling that the band know they're not still making their best stuff, it's almost yeah. not worth. Whereas, like I I often say like about Neil Young, Neil Young mm. feels. He himself feels that his, and I know it's a cliche, but like the songs he's writing now are his best work. And yes. as long as the artist feels that, yeah, then I think you yeah. can you can go along with it. And yeah, I think absolutely. And I think like the newer, the, the more recent therapy stuff. I reckon they'll be recording that and releasing it, even if it only sold ten copies. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Because yeah. they've proven it's not about the money by funding their own tour by keeping it going when yeah. they could have just gone. Let's just stay at home. We've got money in the bank from two hit records. Yeah. We'll yeah. just call it a day and count our count our money. But they've carried on creating. Yeah. Cool stuff. Cool, interesting yeah. stuff. Exactly. Not necessary yeah. stuff to get stacks on stacks on stacks on stacks. <laughs> but. To yeah. maintain that artistic integrity. Art student wanker. I think it's. I can't remember. I can't remember who it was originally said about, or who originally said it. So, forgive me, whoever that person is. But like, kind of goes a little bit like therapy might not have done anything as good as Trouble Gum again, but nobody else has. No, but you then know, we, like, we've also had the discussion of why do we always compare. Like, why do why does Insomniac get compared to Ducky? Mm, why don't we yeah. just compare Green Day's catalogue, or not not yeah. compare it? Why don't we just appreciate it for what it is? We yeah. don't we don't say, um, like Van Gogh's Starry Night. That's a bit shit compared to the Sunflowers, isn't it? Yeah, because yeah. they're completely different things, you know. Yeah, same artists, different things. Why yeah. why why do we have to compare like? One one against the other. Can't we just take it as like this is what they're doing now? Yeah, exactly. And you either like it or you don't like it. And it's fine not to like it. That's fine. But why do we always have to compare it to their greatest work? Like you know, like, like I think you've said before. Like you know, do you just pull Nevermind out your back pocket? Yeah, yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. 
just to bring, I was, I was going to say earlier, just a minor point. What I like about Trouble Gum is that I don't think it works without each other. So, like, it's a proper album, mm-hmm. isn't it? You know what I mean? It's like the, the the production ties it together. The songs, like, meld into each other nicely. Even if I'm not, like, head over heels for some of the tracks, like, it, it does flow and you... you as a body of work, you can tell there's a lot of thought and what it's not like it's 14 tracks, doesn't matter how they go. Um, I definitely feel that that first half, first six, seven songs, is definitely for my money at least, you know, is is so. I would agree with you like 15 years ago, I suppose. Hmm. Yeah, 10 years ago. I and I mean, to be fair, there's no denying it, like if. If I had it on in the car on a tape and it got to the end of Die Laughing and the tape ran out, I like back in the days, I might not, I might put something else on rather than turned it over. Yeah. But yeah. now, and it might be because I've heard them so much, if I know I've only got 20 minutes, half an hour, mm. I might skip on. Put side two on, like. Yeah. Just because, like, I think Lunacy Booth is a really, really special piece of work. And I yeah. think, and I think, like it's like trigger inside is my favorite it's one of those that just gets me banked in yeah, yeah it's yeah. really cool but like i think lunacy booth is like in terms of like you say the, the whole how everything comes together so the songwriting the production the musicianship the vocals everything that's going on there i think lunacy booth is like a perfect therapy song mm. so um have you got a favorite track on the album obviously i've said mine's trigger inside <sighs> i scream, scream major no, I'm not going to be. I'm not going to be basic like that. I'm going to say, well, basic I don't know, nowhere. Bitch. Nowhere, I think. Yeah. I love it. It's such a good song, and I would say honourable mention to Die Laughing because I think that's a brilliant track as well. So, is um, and is it? Would like, I know we've touched on this? Is it your favourite therapy album? Yeah, 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 absolutely, yeah. And it's. I do have. I, I there are other records I have there that I have a soft spot for. Hmm. Yeah, and interestingly, what I. They might actually, think... as a band, they might be up in my like mm. top five, top six, yeah. maybe around the top five, probably. But what I find interesting, this is what I was saying before, and I was worried about bringing it up because I don't want you to feel like, you know, I don't want another Ben Folds episode, you know. But like, I do, I do love this album, mm. and like, even though it's perhaps not as good as I, I don't, or I don't enjoy it as much now as I did. That doesn't diminish the fact that it's like really, really important mm. and really kind of like I hold it in very high regard. And it is because of like I do often think like it's a little bit of a is this the right reference? It's a bit of a slide indoors moment. Right. Is that the is that yeah, the right yeah, reference? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Never seen the film. Gwyneth like, Paltrow getting hit by a train or something, I don't know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but like I do feel that like there are moments like I think in my in my well, in life generally, but like in my musical life, if you will, without getting too knobby about it, that like there's quite some some quite key markers in it, mm-hmm. and I think Trouble Gum is one of them. Just because I think like you're at quite an impressionable age and stuff like that, and you hear different things, you hear things from different sources. So I would have been a similar age, I suppose, when like Leon first gave me Number of the Beast hmm. as an yeah. album, and yeah. even though I was into like. A bit of Guns N' Roses, a bit of Bon Jovi, Death Leopard. I think I had like a rock therapy mm-hmm. 
compilation yeah, yeah, yeah. tape which had like all weird stuff well not weird stuff just like a load of classic rock stuff on it yeah um i'm not saying i would have stuck down that route but like that number of the beast album just main thing oh hang on mm, and i know this? looking back now like you you know you don't listen to number of the beast and go wow that's that's new and different and mm. bold and you know opening eyes and or opening ears or whatever yeah but for being 12 year old yeah in farmville yeah 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 having not heard anything quite like the opening track on number of the beast mm-hmm. it suddenly wakes you up to like the, there is other stuff that's a bit yeah. different and a bit harder and it's not mm-hmm. the same as what everyone else listens to mm-hmm. so like yeah, yeah. Then, you know and then again you and then but then once you've had your head turned if you like it's very easy to find something that turns your head again and again so for yeah. me it was like so it was iron maiden and then it was Soundgarden and pearl jam mm-hmm. and then yeah. it was terrorvision and the wild hearts and yeah yeah therapy and the manics and it's just, but it's just like bump bump swapping you mm. like every and again i think that time like in the early mid 90s there's just so many good bands yeah so last few things then let's wrap up on therapy because i thought we'd be yes. in and out in an hour on this <laughs> we rarely are where does the record rank in your record collection like it, i know it's hard to say we've got record collections nowadays but would you um, put it in like, like, or like, if you had to rank your favorite? So it would, it wasn't in your like tough. list, was it? Like, when no, it wasn't in this. my list. I'll be honest with you. It was in mine. Yes. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. It's probably if we're looking at this as as a, um, if you can imagine my record collection, um, it is probably, it's probably in a box that says precious memories. If I'm being honest, do you know what I mean? It's probably like I'm not getting it out very often. I've got to be in the mood for it, and I don't, I don't want to, don't want to ruin it because I do love it, and I don't, and I don't want to ruin it by my te- my change in music taste and spoiling that for. Do, do you see what I mean? Right. You'd rather you, you'd rather remember how good it was than appreciate yes. how good it still is. And that's yes and no because I, I do appreciate how good it is. Yeah, no, I, I, know, I, I enjoy listening to it. But yeah, it's not something that I'm gonna listen to loads. But I do hold it in very high regard. How about you? Yeah, for me, it lives in easy in my top ten records of all time. Nice. Yeah, I I I think Therapy are one of those bands of mine that. Like like I've said on here before, that I didn't really when this first came out. They, I, I kind of shied away a little bit. I'm so glad I came round to them. Yeah, they're definitely one of those that influence other stuff I listen to as well. Yeah. So I wouldn't, yeah. I wouldn't have ever listened to Helmet. I don't think if I hadn't listened to Therapy. No. And no. I would have heard bits of the Wild Hearts and enjoyed some of the singles, but I wouldn't have at the time. I I got quite into the Wild Hearts, and I yeah. I really like them. Um. But like now, I, I'm, I'd be quite happy with the best of the Wild Hearts, to yeah. be honest. Yeah. But uh, the, you know, they were kind of like the top of the tree of those other bands that were going around at mm. the time. And like, it's really difficult to think of another band quite like them. Yeah. And like, which hold you put them in? Are they mm. punk, rock, metal, all of it? Probably a lovely little mix of a lot, I would say. 
because it's not metal metal is it, it lacks but it's metal enough to play Monsters of Rock above Slayer yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah and, absolutely and, like, it's kind of like metal without the pageantry it's metal without the denim yeah metal yeah, without yeah. the leather almost yeah I love it I think it's yeah. an absolute absolute amazing album it's one of my favourites of all time and all I have to say to finish this off, you are my sunshine, my only sunshine. <laughs> you make me happy when skies are grey. You'll never know, dear, how much I love you. Just don't take my sunshine away. Away. It's like a little... Away. Away. It's like a little Easter egg, that, isn't it? There you go. It's like a little Marvel post-credit yeah. scene. <laughs> One for the fans, that is. Yeah.